gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 282 as we are cruising right along. Got a lot planned. Uh, Finally have some things I can tell you about the future of this podcast. So we will talk about that in a moment. We're talking to Rick Morales today, not Rick Moranis. That's the guy from Little Shop of Horrors. It's not that. Rick Morales is a longtime producer and director for Warner Brothers Animation. He has worked on everything from Justice League slash Justice League Unlimited to Green Lantern, the animated series, and much, much more. And he's worked on everything. He did the Adam West Batman 66 animated movies. He has worked on Injustice. He's worked on all the Tuckerverse movies. So much stuff. We are going to talk to Rick Morales about all of that. And the next couple of weeks, we can tell you next week, Moon Knight. So many people on social media have asked me, when are you going to review Moon Knight? Well, we wait on this podcast for a series to end. That's the only way to do this right. So when episode six airs on Wednesday, uh, Eddie Pence will join me and we will review Moon Knight. And then the week after, the week after, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that look, the trailers look awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun with that podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a movie that we scrutinize heavily and we will do just that. Also, I can tell you there's some big goings on on the flash, not the movie. That dude keeps getting arrested. Danielle Panabaker of the flash TV show is going to join us. Some big things happening for her character. And we will talk about all of those in the next weeks to come as well. Make sure you're up to date on the CW's Flash. Rick Morales, welcome to the Hall of Justice. It's about time we've come on this show and uh, welcome. Thanks so much for doing this. You know, it's so funny. We, we've had every person you work with. <laughs> so, and they've all said such glowing things about you. It's about time you've been on the show. <laughs> well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, yeah, it, it is odd. I've, I've heard of the show and uh you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't do a lot of this type of stuff. So. All right. Well, hopefully now you watch, you'll, you'll have so much fun on this thing. And then in six months, we'll find out you have your own podcast. And then, uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll never happen. <laughs> and if you go through Gary, maybe I'll come on. <laughs> how, how we pull this off. Um, you've been doing so much of the uh, Warner brothers animation. Um, you've been working in different titles on all the different, productions you know some you've directed some you've produced some of you've written all all these different things so before we get into the nitty-gritty of your favorites and the things that uh, you want to you know you want to talk about uh tell us about how you got 
into the Warner Brothers family? Uh, what was it like? Um, how did you know you wanted to do this? Uh, well, yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, I, well, I we'll knew... decide if it's interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose you will. Um, <laughs> I, I knew that I wanted to draw um, from a young age. And I, and I knew that I wanted to pursue that as a career from a very young age, but I thought that comic books would be the place that I would do that. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a child of the nineties. So right. Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld and McFarlane, th those were the guys that were like, you know, superstars at the time. And, sure. and they were, and they were becoming millionaires and doing Levi's ads and things like that. You know? So as a kid, I'm like, um, yeah, I can do that. I'll just do that. And then, um, and then of course the, the, the comic book industry kind of bottomed out, right. Um, at a certain point there. And I was young. Um, but when I was, uh, about 12, 13, we moved to Burbank, California. Um, and, uh, I was staunchly against it. I, I didn't want to leave where we were, um, at the where time. Was, where was that? I mean, you don't have to give the, we were in, that. we were in Temple city. We're in Temple City. And I, and I, you know, I moved around a lot as a kid. So I had a good group of friends there finally started to feel kind of established. And then, and then my mom up, up and moved us to, uh, to Burbank and I, I just hated it, but it turns out it's, it, it was the best place to be if you're going to do something, uh, with art as a career. Um, and, and so anyway, the local comic book shop that I, that I went to, um, it was called King's Comics, um, right there in Burbank. It was, right near Burbank High School, um, I, I ended up, you know, I'd go in there every week, I'd save up my lunch money and, and uh, buy comics um, at the end of the week. And, and I ended up, um, you know, becoming friendly with the owners and, and they told me they were gonna start a class for, for young kids that were interested in doing comic books and stuff like that. Wow. And um, so for me, I was like, wow, this is, this is a dream come true. And the guy that was gonna teach it was a Disney animator. Um, his name was Johann Klingler. And uh, I, I didn't know it at the time, but he, he worked on, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Hunchback and a bunch of different, you know, um, stuff, the rescuers uh, down under, I think, you know, but anyway, he, he was, he was at Disney and his wife was actually at Warner Brothers as well. And so I, I became part of this class and it was just a small kind of mentorship. And uh, I was, I was part of that through, um, through all of high school. Really, I, I started in kind of uh, towards the end of middle school and and he kind of, he you know, he we did life drawing and he, he taught us a little bit about animation. And a lot of those guys that were in that little um, mentorship program, he did it for free. We, we just, you know, every Saturday we'd, we'd meet up and, and we really became kind of a, a family to a degree. But um, many of those people that were that were in that class have gone on to. Uh, work in in the industry um at pixar and disney and dreamworks we're all over the place um and there's only a handful of us but anyway so that's that's kind of how that's I, kind of a fraternity that's that's you're the the liefelds and the mcfarlands and the jim lees of of this world of, of animation well i don't i don't wouldn't i don't know about that but no but the audience is like i need some context here <laughs> yeah right no, well, I think the thing is, is that so so basically I was going to, I thought I was going into comic books. I went to a, a, a comic convention, San Diego Comic Con. And like a lot of people, I've I took a portfolio. Yeah. yeah, you heard of that one? It's a, it's a mm -hmm. tiny little thing. Yeah. 
and uh, I think this was probably the year 2000 or 99 or something like that. And uh, I was, you know, went to the portfolio reviews and showed my portfolio. And um, um, one of the one of the guys there was a, a producer at Warner Brothers um, Animation. And he looked at some of my stuff and I was a big fan of Batman, the animated series. So I had some drawings in the portfolio that kind of looked like Bruce Timm's stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I remember he saw it and it looked like he had some interest. So he asked me, where are you from? And I said, Burbank. And his eyes kind of widened a little bit more. And, you know, and then he said, OK, well, look, I'll tell you what. Here's here's my contact information. When you get back to Burbank, put in your portfolio. But you didn't mention that you hated it at that point. <laughs> no. You're like, I'm from Burbank, but I can't freaking stand it. Well, I, I, of course, have turned the corner at this point it, very, it, very quickly, as, as kids <laughs> do. Right. You know. Um, and so, yeah, I turned in my portfolio uh, to Warner Brothers. I, I, I put a, attention. Sean McLaughlin um, was the, the producer's name. And uh, and he, he gave me a call back and said, uh, listen, um, do you want to take a storyboard test? I had no. Uh, experience doing storyboards or anything like that. But I figured eh, it's probably kind of a little bit like comic books. So when um, you're taking this test, give me the year. Th- I think this was 2000. I want to say it was okay. 2000 um, because the test that I got was um, a Batman Beyond nice. uh, script, couple of script pages from Batman Beyond. Uh-huh. I didn't know that this was for Justice League. Um, right. And so so I get the I get the I get the test and I think I had a week to do it. And it was a lot of work. And especially for somebody that like had no background in it, I just tried my damnedest. And, you know, I, I remember the night before I turned it in, I had, I was up all night and I, uh, I was just dead. It was like 40 hours of nonstop working. I hadn't had any sleep. And I went and dropped, dropped the, the, the portfolio off at, or the, um, the test off in, in, uh, I think that was Sherman Oaks at the time went, went back and I didn't even care. I just crashed. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, yeah. whatever, who cares? I, I did it. I got it done. And I wasn't expecting to hear anything back, you know? Um, but I, I'm, I was asleep, crashed on, on the bed. And within hours I got a call back. And uh, you know, so I, I was, I, I wake up and I'm, I always remember this clear as day. I woke up, I was dreary. And uh um, could barely like get my thoughts together. You know, when you wake up and sure. you're really, really tired and, and Usually Sean, when I start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and Sean's on the other end and he's like, Hey, we got your test. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he's like, <laughs> he was like, it was all right. And I was like, okay. Okay. It was, <laughs> it was all right. Fine. All right. He's like, you want to come in for, for, uh, for an interview? And I was like, sure. And so I went in and they were like, yeah, you know, we, we see some potential in you and, um, you know, um, would you be interested? And so that's that's how I ended up falling into the animation industry. And then I got to work with some really, you know, cool people. Butch Lukic was my first director and I and I consider him to be, you know, my 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 mentor at work. You know, I, I everything I learned pretty much was from him, you know, early on. And, oh, you know, of course, I, I was lucky to have other people like Brandon Vietti. You know, I worked with him uh, early on in my career and learned a lot from him. And so, yeah, just went from there. The um, at the time, you know, just for, for, for the, the audience's context here, 
Uh, Warner Brothers Animation is producing some of the greatest shows going. I mean, you're talking about Batman Beyond and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and it, the transition from the WB slash CW to Cartoon Network and, mm-hmm. you know, primetime and, 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 and things like that. And it just seemed like the stakes kept getting higher. Did you sense that? Well, you know, it's tough. I was I was a 20 year old kid that was thrown into working on a show like Justice League. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, I was just trying to keep my head above water, you know, and I I remember one of the funniest uh, uh, memories um, early on was. I I knew Joaquin Dos Santos, I knew him um, outside of of uh, uh, Warner Brothers through that mentorship in an odd way. He had a, a, a sort of peripheral attachment to it, um, but we knew each other. And so um, the very first day I started at Warner Brothers, they kind of took me around to introduce me to some of the crew. And and there was Joaquin. And I was like, oh, shit, you're on this? And he was like, yeah, yeah. We were both kind of amazed. like, But we were walking out that day and, and we were talking to each other and, and we were like, wow, we're working on Justice League. You know, this is at the very beginning. And I remember him turning to me he's like how's this show going to be any good if we're on it because <laughs> we were both so so green you know yeah yeah and um and we kind of laughed about that and then you know yeah just went about it the uh the context uh butch lukic by the way if you want to hear uh him on the show he uh was promoting uh superman man of tomorrow uh that's where uh, darren chris was superman uh that's episode 198 and episode 202, uh, Brandon Vietti came on uh, to talk about Batman death in the family. So uh, some context uh, for the audience. You can pause this and go hear them and then see if they say anything nice about Rick and then vice versa. And, well, you know, we can make this all uh, one, one conglomerate. This episode of the Hall of Justice is presented in part by our friends at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. After six supercharged seasons, DC marks the end of an epic era with the final installment of the action-packed series with the release of Supergirl, the sixth and final season on Blu-ray. It comes out March 8, 2022. Fans can purchase the sets in which addition to all 20 super-powered episodes from season six contains an all-new featurette and deleted scenes. Supergirl, the complete... Supergirl, the complete series, is also available, containing all 126 exhilarating episodes from the phenomenal series, as well as countless hours of bonus features from all six epic, not-to-be-missed seasons. In the sixth and final season, Supergirl is thrust into the greatest challenge of her life, forced to confront her own mortality and the prospect of and her friends rally to help her in this difficult fight. A new supervillain arrives in National City, tests her resolve we have done episodes with cast members and reviews of supergirl it has been going on since we started the hall of justice it flies into homes on blu-ray and dvd march 8th what was it like so you had had a couple of years on your under your belt and there's this decision by warner brothers that justice league is going to end the 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 episodic series is not going to be the forefront and that a series of direct to video at the time it was DVD, I think 
uh, movies that every six months there was going to be this thing. It was called DC Universe decades before the app. Um, Superman Doomsday was the first one. Batman Gotham Knights is the second one. And literally, if you would have told me there'd be 40 of those, I'd be stunned. I, I mean, I, I, north of 40. I, I mean, it, it, it's a ton of these things. And if you had said this was a project that they had done six, I'd have been fine. Because if you remember, Marvel did something very similar and they stopped yeah. after like five of them. Yeah. You guys are on, you're in the 40s now with, with, with Injustice and some of the new releases that are coming this year. What was it like when you heard that, whether it was a phone call or a meeting where you said, they're going to do these direct to videos. And like, did you take it seriously? Because as a viewer, I, you know, I was a fan. I was in journalism at the time I had started my broadcasting career, but I wasn't working in this genre. And I was like, no way. They're not going to do how many of these are they actually going to do? Yeah. I mean, I, you say 40 and, and that just kind of blows my mind. Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't think of it in that way. Um, but I, there was, I didn't, I guess I didn't know um, that it was going to be such a, a, a solid program that was going to continue for as long as it has. Um, because even when, you know, after a couple seasons of Justice League, I moved to a few different shows. Um, so when the, when the first Superman Doomsday thing was done, I think I was at, um, I think I was over at Cartoon Network, um, maybe on Ben 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't there for that one. Um, but they had done other, you know, there was like Mystery of the Batwoman and some other like, you know, Superman Brainiac, um, you know, video that had been done prior that I, I, I guess wouldn't have necessarily been thought of as that as that program. Right. Um, and so I just I, I just had a sense that, OK, we're they're going to do a few of these DTVs and we'll see if they're successful and where that ends up going. But um and then I and then I think I came back to start working on them on on Crisis on Two Earths was really when I when I oh, came back to start one. On, on that one yeah yeah and um, um and then and then I did a little bit of work on on um, Dark Knight Returns um, just mm -hmm. boards for for Jay and um, Jay Oliva another veteran of this podcast yeah yeah and um, um, but you know I was I was moving around uh, a little bit at that time. And then, and then on the series, you know, when I, I started my career at Warner brothers and then I, and then I, you know, I worked on a bunch of different stuff. You know, I worked on, on Scooby and then some Ben tens and then um, generator Rex. I came back. But it was all in the Warner brothers umbrella. It's, a lot of it was, you know, yeah. and, and then when green lantern, the animated series, um, they brought me back as a director on that. Um, you know, and then I've been here ever since. So the majority of my career has been at, at, at Warner brothers. Um, hmm, that's great um uh Giancarlo Volpe uh great story mm -hmm. about him he was just on the podcast because he worked on uh the boys the animated uh spinoff of the boys called uh, oh. the boys diabolical we just had Giancarlo on but Giancarlo was a guy when Green Lantern was still on Cartoon Network we had just started this podcast we literally had about 12 listeners and he was episode two <laughs> yeah you know what like he was just a guy on social media and he I, I was like hey i'm starting this podcast you ever want to do it and he was like absolutely and i was like you don't know me from nothing like we we literally had nothing going for us at that point and he was so kind then so i've i've always had a soft spot for green lantern because you know to me that's a show that 
is finally finding its footing now with HBO Max. Well, you know, Giancarlo is an, another one of the, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I've, you know, had the fortune of working with through my career and, and, and have learned a lot from, and he's, uh, you know, I consider him to be one of those guys too. And he's just a cool, like, that doesn't surprise me at all that he would come on your, on your podcast early on because well, like one, he's great at the social media thing. You know, like, like I said, I don't, I don't really participate too much in it, but he does yeah, a yeah, great yeah. job of getting out there and like interacting with the fans and all that stuff. And, um, you know, he, he's just a, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy. He's, he's a really cool guy. He's funny. And, um, and he you know. listens to the podcast, so he's going to hear this now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, I won't <laughs> butter him up too much, but a lot of respect <laughs> for him. Um, when, you know, in, in the various projects, uh, the two things I wanted to ask you about Scooby-Doo and, uh, and, and Adam West. And when I say Adam West, it's the Adam West universe, the, uh, the Batman 66. Let's do quickly uh, Scooby-Doo, another uh, property that has just, it, 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 you know, you sure Scooby's not a cat because it has a lot more lives than nine. Um, <laughs> it continuously gets reinvented. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they have a show and I was looking at HBO Max when I was prepping for this podcast and they have a what's new Scooby-Doo, which is four Scooby-Doo series ago. So <laughs> it's not what's new anymore. Right, <laughs> right, right. What's new is the new like it, just the idea that this this concept um, just continues to find a find an audience. I mean. Scooby-Doo is timeless. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's the key there. I, I, Scooby-Doo is one of the iconic properties in the world. You know, I mean, I think as far as um, recognition um, amongst kids, like he's up there with Mickey Mouse for sure. You know, and and I just think you know he's 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 ubiquitous. My my younger sister um, was a huge Scooby-Doo fan, and I mean she. So it was always around and, um, but I, 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 I gotta say like, there was a little bit of, um, hesitation initially for me to work on Scooby-Doo. Um, and that was just my perception as a young artist that, um, you know, my first show was justice league and working on that, on that. The, and the gold standard like, that everything is compared to. Yeah. Right. So, so to me, like, you know, the animation, it, it, it there are lulls in in work and stuff like that and so you take what you can especially when you're early in your career and i remember when i when i had to 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 go on to the first scooby i worked on um which was a direct-to-video i think it was i can't remember which one it was but Wait, you don't remember the first one i'm not asking you to remember the fourth do you remember the first one the the, the very first scooby um that you worked on video that i worked on i i want to say it was what was the name of it wiki tiki or something like that it was uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was it was something like that. I worked with a great director named Tim Maltby. Um, okay. But like, but you know that I think it was that. And I remember, you know, as as you know, uh, in my early twenties, thinking like, wow, this I'm working on Scooby Doo. This kind of sucks. <laughs> but 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 then but then uh, what what turned me around on the idea was <laughs> I was I was in a bar in Burbank with my with my friends, and uh, uh, we were trying to you know. Um, you know, we're trying to talk to some girls and the question comes up like, oh, what do you, what do you, what do you work on? What do you do? 
And, um, you know, <laughs> as a you little know, cocky, should I say like, Justice well, League? Should I say Scooby? Of course. What? So, so I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, Justice League, blank stare. And I'm like, uh, you know, Batman, Superman, blank stare, doesn't care. And and then uh, and, and then, you know, in des- sheer desperation, I said, Scooby Doo. And the it was like, ding, you know, the light, the lights went off, the, the, the eyes widened. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe there's more to this than maybe I'm not giving it due credit. <laughs> kind of wow, cost me to reassess you pick up girls wow there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no no uh you know then sort of the realization that like this is an important property it 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 it, it has sustained itself for so long because conceptually it's just so strong it obviously connects with people and has for a long time and then and then it became it, it's become a blessing too to be able to kind of go in and out of those worlds because now I have children, you know, sure. and and you know I, being able to do Mortal Kombat something like that is great. They can never watch that. They can right. never see me working on it. Like, but but well, they can't watch know. a lot of the 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 direct video things that DC is putting out now. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. And so you know, so for that. I, I've I've done some Lego Scooby Doo's, you know, yeah. and like those are those are a hit in my house, and so it's uh it's nice to be able to sort of go back and forth, you know. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, when Warner Brothers decides to uh, revisit the Batman TV show, the 1960s Batman TV show, mm-hmm. with the first Return of the Cape Crusaders, um, how are you approached on it, and? What kind of an undertaking is that? Do you have to now go rewatch the Batman 66 show? Um, it, it's it's very much an homage, but it's not the same because it's it's animated and it's modern animated, meaning it's two dimensional, but it looks like animation. It doesn't look like the, the you know, Adam yeah. West CGI. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just the start of that process and how remarkable given the fact that no one knows how long anybody's going to be alive. You know, the idea now that Adam West is, is preserved like that in these two animated films is remarkable. I um, it's, it's, it's the highlight of my career to have been able to, to work on those. I mean, there there's uh, I feel very, very blessed to have been able to be a, a part of that. And I remember um, I had, it was, it was a very, very, um, I was a very new producer and we'd have these meetings with all the producers and the executives about what we were working on and what was coming up and this and that. And, and James Tucker was the great you know, James Tucker, the great James Tucker, James Tucker was, was in that meeting or was in those meetings. And, um, I remember this being mentioned, um, this idea of, of doing an Adam West Batman and thinking like, oh fuck, like because they were talking about who could direct it, right? And and I'm and I'm just I'm sitting there in the meeting, like just thinking, like, oh no, I'm a producer now. Like I'm not going to be able to work on this. Like this is this is no good. Like I desperately wanted to to work on it because I watched that show as a kid. I mean, obviously it was in reruns, but like sure. you know, I have very fond memories of of summers, very clear memories of. You know, my sister and I, we would we would uh, we'd go swimming all day during the summer. We'd come back, make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and watch Batman 
watch Adam West Batman. And it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. It was on something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and we took it deadly seriously. You know, it's like those cliffhangers. They really they really worked on us. You know, oh, no, they're totally, you know, they're in a sand trap. Well, how are they going to get out? This is impossible. (laughs) Um, So it was, you know, anyway, flash forward. I just thought that 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 was something that was going to happen and, and and good on whoever ended up directing that. And then I got a call and it was basically them, you know, I guess James had thought of me and um, you know, I think it's just because he knows I, I have a love of more classic comic book stuff and, and that my style kind of leans that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, he, he, he approached me and asked if I'd be interested in doing it uh, on top of the the producing that I was doing at the time. And I was like, hell yeah please yeah i i I can i can just imagine the the idea of it and then you know the concept of you know bringing in two-face the one villain that was never in the show and then of course the icon william shatner uh comes in to play him and burt ward's there and all these different villains and everything is an homage like everything is you know, someone can watch it without having seen the show. Like if you're, if you're 11 and you want to see this, it's, 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 it's kitty like, but it's, it's Batman. Whereas if you even remotely dug that show, this is literally your love letter to it. Like it's, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. And especially with that first one, I I went back and, and of course I rewatched the whole thing and, um, and and I really that's a tax write-off, right? Like you can be <laughs> yeah, yes, that's it was. Research. <laughs> but but I really tried to um mimic even down to how they would shoot it, you know, like the the shots of and, and the sustained the long shot, the the way that they would stage things and characters moved around the room. And we really tried to hit Adam's acting and all that. And I just I I had so many great interactions with you know, one of my favorite was with Burt Ward. You know, I, I, that, that's show is probably why Robin became one of my favorite characters ever. And it was the Burt Ward Robin. So I remember we were in the recording facility and for some reason, Burt and I were um, just having a sandwich in the little, in the little area in the little waiting area and there's no one else around. So we were basically having lunch together. And I just told him like, Hey man, like you're the Robin, you know, like you're Robin, like is, is what, you know connected me with this character and so we had like you know a a conversation about how important robin is in the batman universe for the next half hour it was remarkable it it truly is and and uh uh burt ward tells some of the funniest stories Mm -hmm. about filming that show and uh the 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 clothes that they made him wear and the (laughs) things that they made him do oh my god it's 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 a part of american history um the one last thing that I wanted to, to go over, and like I said, I could, we, we could do this for hours. I'm, I'm yeah. begging you to come yeah. back. Um, <laughs> and that is um, some of the more recent films. And, you know, I'm on record as saying on this podcast, uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is the best thing that, 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 that's been put out in the last decade. I mean, yeah. and when James Tucker came on the show and he talked about the timeline of how uh, or much earlier, it was written before Avengers Endgame. 
And yet there's parallels to that. I mean, there's literal parallels to those battle scenes. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Um, But that is as dark. I mean, when you're seeing Superman get that kryptonite tattoo, you know, when they're, they're, they're and what they do to, when what they do to, to, uh, to um, cyborg, you just, when when Batman the Animated Series or let's say Justice League, for example, Justice League is fine if you're 11, 21, 31, 41, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the episodes work. But with those, it's only for adults. Yeah. Or or older teens. Yeah. And I'm just curious about the conscious change. And it's not just a Warner Brothers thing. It's a it's a change in the way that there are kids shows now. And there are adult animation shows and not all ages. And it seemed like in the 90s when you were a fan and when I became a real fan, it seemed like everything was for me, no matter what age I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I think that there's absolutely merit to what you're to what you're saying. And I and, uh, you know, to speak honestly, uh, I do. I think it's a problem. Uh, I think there needs to be more of that sort of thing. And, and, you know, as much as I love um, ripping people's spines out in Mortal Kombat and, and, and getting as, uh, you know, I don't look at those movies as, as at the M- MK movies as, as being dark though. I, I kind of look at them as being funny uh, in a, in a really warped way, but, <laughs> but I, I, I totally hear you, you know, the, the DC stuff has gotten uh, really serious. And of course, injustice is another, um, downer in a lot of ways, you know, and, and very violent and not for children. Um, I think there's room for both of those ideas. And I, but I, I just think that there needs to be more of kind of the family friendly, uh, and even I mean, young justice satisfies that, ages. I think. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. To a degree I do. I still feel like that probably skews a little tiny bit older, you know, but, but you could, I would feel comfortable sitting, you know, uh, you know, my, my kid down and watching that show. Um, but you're right. I do. I do think that there is a place for that. And, you know, hopefully we'll get to, to do some things in the future that, that are more in that vein. Um, you said in the beginning that you don't do a lot of these uh, podcasts and things like that. Uh, how do you feel about social media and how do you feel about social media when you have content to produce? Um, I remember, you know, some guy, some people have come on this show in the past and said it's a valuable tool and I need it to to help you know get my name out there. Some you know Will Friedel uh, literally was on this show, uh, Terry McGinnis himself, and said I don't want to touch the stuff. I'm I, I'm not I'm not doing it. Um, what's your thought on somebody who produces content mm-hmm. and thus there's a way to promote it? Yeah, I, I, I. I don't, I, I sort of fall into the, the latter camp. I don't really want to get involved. You know, I, I have a private life. I like to keep it that way. I have my thoughts on things. I don't feel like I need to share them with everybody. I well, don't. And you're think not that using they... Scooby-Doo to pick up women anymore. <laughs> that's, that's right. It, it didn't work by the way, <laughs> but, um, 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 you know, I just, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And, uh, and I don't, and I don't necessarily want to sh- share that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like doing a little bit of the promotion with, 
you know, because I want these things to do well. And, and if, if me getting out there and talking about them helps that along, um, that's great. But as an everyday sort of thing, like, I just, I don't participate. I, I, I don't really, I'm not a self-promoter in that way. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I understand people trying to get their names out and, and stuff like that, but I kind of just like to do the work and let the work, you know, speak for itself. I like that. You know, I, 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 I tend to feel that way about this show. You know, I, I work my ass off to put it together and make it sound real, real good. And then once it's out, it's out into the world and yeah. outside of a tweet that I can do, I don't know what else there is, right. you know, if well, people also, listen to it, that's great. And if they don't, they don't, you know, I, 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 I do also feel like something has been lost. Um, a kind of mystique around creators to a degree, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't, I couldn't reach out and contact Jim Lee directly. Like there wasn't, I didn't have a straight line to him. So I didn't know him as a person. I had this sort of mythical figure in my head of this guy that, that drew awesome and that I wanted to sort of be like, and I wasn't totally exposed to this kind of like, what's the real person behind that? Do I actually like them? Do I like what they think? You know? And I don't know, I feel like there's some value to that that's that's lost. People share maybe too much of themselves um, on social media. No, I, I, I get it. But, you know, the saving grace is Linda Carter follows me on Twitter. So that just <laughs> makes my. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that, that's the argument against mine. Right. right? That's, <laughs> that, 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 that debunks everything. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. Rick, um, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, I think we barely scratched the surface. You have this this uh, huge body of work and uh, I would love to, uh, to to revisit some of the more specific things uh, that you've worked on uh, throughout the time. I knew we had to hit uh, Adam West. I did not see the Scooby-Doo tangent the way it was going to go, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless that's why you can't plan these things too much. Uh, you have an open invite, man. Let's let's do this again over the summer. Yeah, thanks. I'd, I'd, I'd love to. Alright, that'll be awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Hall of Justice. Our thanks to Rick Morales, also Gary from Warner Brothers for putting this together. Uh, we always uh, enjoy the Warner Brothers animation. What they have done uh, is truly remarkable. It's on another stratosphere, and uh, Rick is a big, big part of that. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to switch back to Marvel. We're going to review Moon Knight. Eddie Pence will be with me for that. And then Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That'll be uh, our review. So two more weeks of reviews. And then Daniel Panabaker from The Flash. Uh, there's some big things going on on The Flash, and we'll talk about it then. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.